everybody. Welcome back to the Frog Snacks podcast. We're here uh, for episode 51, right in the wake of the release of Street Fighter V. With us is our good friend and longtime uh, Street Fighter player, uh, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. What's the haps? <laughs> Not much, man. Street Fighter V is the haps, obviously. Hell yeah. Um, so... We brought Kevin on because you know uh, back in the back in the heyday, uh, early release of Street Fighter Four, and and you know well into the sh- the timeline of Street Fighter Four, Kevin was uh, involved in the fighting game community, especially in the New York scene, and was pretty much Frog and I's uh, you know like Sherpa into the world of of Street Fighter and the and the fighting game community at large. So I'm very happy you got to use the word Sherpa. Sherpa is a great <laughs> word. Sherpa is a great word. Um, so, so we wanted to, uh, we wanted to bring him on. We, we had a couple of things we wanted to talk about, uh, and we figured we'd, uh, we'd bring Kevin on for a little bit more insight. So, uh, f- first thing, uh, we should probably talk about is the, the, the servers not doing, not doing so great on, on launch. Um, I yeah, that- this, this game can be added to the unfortunately growing pile of broken at launch games yeah uh, yeah even after three weekends of uh of beta testing and stress testing and four uh, actually four yeah, it was- four it, you know there there were some there were some issues um do you think that that is how much of how much of that blame do you think lies on capcom and how, how much of it do you think is just maybe an unexpected amount of volume on launch especially with cross-platform play with ps4 and pc I'm sorry, oh, right. but, <laughs> yeah it is mostly on Capcom because um, they've created a Twitter just for the Street Fighter Five servers, and each time they're like, "Oh, we finally resolved this issue. Oh, give us like one to two hour ETA for this issue." Mm. I mean, even more than that is, you know, you have a beta test ostensibly so you can work out all these issues beforehand. Right. Uh, as Kevin and I were talking about beforehand, of course, all the beta tests, save, I guess, for the last one, which was went pretty well, I guess, but all of them had, like, some horrific amount of downtime, and, and the first one in particular was a complete shit show. So, you know, at some point, it's like, what is it going to take to get this thing up to par? Uh, I guess this leads into one of the things I wanted to kind of bring up, which is, in general, what people have been grumbling about, which is the fact that this game kind of is coming out uh, to use the US Gamer Review's terms like a construction site. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you go into the game and, you know, some some parts are, are basically, you're able to walk around, but there's giant other sections that are completely walled off. Right, and we're we're supposed to expect some uh, some more features and some more game types and stuff like that in as a free update uh, in about a month. So the game is the game is essentially unfinished. Yeah. So here's me. Here's where I thought this was interesting, right? Because to me, this is clearly Capcom being like, okay, we know that the Street Fighter Four hype is kind of waning now, right? So. We want this puppy out the door ASAP so it can be in 2016 Evo. So I think their goal was get something that at least plays into people's hands as early as possible. 
So, you know, people will have time to, to bone up on the game by the time evil runs around and they can make a big push to try and, you know, get as many people interested in da 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 as possible. And they basically like, and we'll figure the rest out as we go. Yeah. What do you guys think of that one? Um, I think that that's probably the case. I, I, I did a little, I, I didn't do any, I didn't do research, but I, I kind of, uh, I kind of formulated, a a like timeline for, for Capcom basically post, uh, third strike, right? Uh, Third Strike, uh, which was the final iteration of Street Fighter 3, came out in 1999, and uh, Street Fighter 4 came out nine years later in 2008, and you know it, it was it was huge, and it it, it was uh, instrumental in revitalizing the uh, fighting game community and the arcade community because it came out in arcades as well, and we've seen uh, fairly regularly implemented expansions and tweaks and stuff like that by Capcom, right? Right. And we've seen almost no downtime in between the release of the final iteration of 4 and Street Fighter 5. And I think that they have these deadlines laid out for themselves like probably from the beginning of the project like many like many years in advance, like maybe 2 years in advance. They've got they're okay. We we need to have uh, we need to have the the first uh, you know like patch or like major patch or like major upgrade to Street Fighter Five at this date, and they probably already have that date in their back pocket. And I think that esports is at a is at a place now where you know, with the exception of melee, you you need to have the uh the the latest and the greatest and the most up to date and the most balanced version of whatever fighting game uh is currently on rotation and i think capcom is almost working against the uh the limitations of the 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 fighting game calendar season with evo and with the capcom cup and all that other stuff uh what do you what do you guys think well, what do you mean when you say working against? I mean, like, it's n- n- simply not enough time. I'm going to say, like, they're not working against it. It is working against them. Like, they, uh, they, 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 they're trying to it's – a, it's a square peg in a round hole. They're trying to, uh, you know, make sure that they're – like, the most up-to-date version of their product is out there for the whatever calendar year's round of tournaments. And – I mean, it, that's that just that just seems what I'm thinking. And I mean, yeah, there's going to be you know, there's going to be your local places that have the sessions every week, and they'll play whatever version is the newest version. But they don't really care as long as the game is good. But the real money makers are going to be these, you know, all the all the eyeballs watching Capcom Cup and Evo and all these other things. Right. So, so this, this is where the question for uh, Kevin here comes in, which is. Uh, what what do you think is like the short term prognosis for this game? Like what what do we what do you think we're looking at just for the next six months for this thing? Next six months? Well, obviously they already have the majors lined up for points for um the Capcom Pro Tour. Right. And then yeah, obviously they had to make they had to ship a product out for Evo. But um I think they're being even more ambitious. I think they're also pushing like online tournaments as well for this game. That's why oh, they're online tournament. Yeah, they're they're stressed. They're like 
they're really apologetic now and stuff, but at the same time, they're actually really trying to push this to an online aspect because they took away one frame links because one frame links, once there's a hiccup of lag, you kiss that combo goodbye. So the hardest combos can actually actually be mashed out. Damn. They're thinking pretty long-term here. So is this why I'm already hearing some of the uh, the grumblings from people who were, I guess, were a little better at Street Fighter for like, oh, where's the technicality, da-da-da-da-da? Uh, I think they're just upset that it's just not four, but... <laughs> Which is my default uh, thinking, sure. Yeah. Because that's, that's how it was with ST to Street Fighter 3 and Third Strike to Street Fighter 4. Uh, you know, because people fell in love with that game. That's what brought them into competitive gaming or competitive fight games. Right. But Street Fighter Five is basically like the new gen. Like, it's a hot, I wouldn't say hot new thing. It's just adapting to the times. Like, they, they basically took the League of Legends models because, I mean, I'm pretty sure League of Legends was pretty bare bones at lunch, too. And then, thanks to, like, they were really pushing for esports, and look at how big they got, right? Absolutely. Now, it's funny you brought that up, because that's one of the other things I wanted to talk about, right? Uh, and I showed both of you guys uh, another U.S. Gamer article, which was talking about the race to become the next big esport, which uh, is interesting, because as much as we've talked about, you know, the, the juggernauts, which, you know, League, Dota, etc., uh, and got CSGO, um, it's funny how we kind of forgotten that other people will be looking at that and be like, how do we get some of that money? Right. And snacks here knows that I've been pushing my view, which is that I feel like fighting games are the most natural product to be a huge, uh, esport, right? Right. Because they are so much easier to look at. If you're trying to, if you're trying to sell this whole esports things to an audience that is beyond just the people that play those games, then you need to have something that is understandable if you don't play. And I, I can't imagine. That's why I say I feel like there's definitely a ceiling, like on League and Dota and games of that nature, because at some point you're going to run up against the many, 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 many people who do not play that game and therefore are going to be basically looking at gobbledygook. With fighting games, it's pretty simple. At, at a very base level, two guys have a life bar, somebody's is going to go empty and they lose. That's it. Right. It's, so, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, like the, it's like the tennis of watchable sports. Like you don't, have to know, you don't have to have ever stepped foot on a tennis court to know who just lost. Exactly. You know, there's so much more that obviously that goes on beneath the surface of that, mm-hmm. but you can discover those things from a spectator level as you go, because at least you can understand the basics of what's happening on screen, except if you're watching Marvel anyway. Wouldn't it be more um, correct to call it esports entertainment then? Well, I mean, that's really what this whole thing is about, if you think about it. I mean, there's not, I mean, like, I guess I would compare it to, like, quote-unquote sports entertainment slash wrestling. I can see where you're going on with that. I mean, see, we got kind of defined it, I guess, because there's two 
kind of lanes that I think people are thinking about. Like the game designers and the publishers are thinking about how do we make a game that people can play competitively and we can start having big tournaments that lots and lots of people watch and rake up gigantic prize pools and, you know, we make lots and lots of money off it, right? Uh, But then the other side, as I just said, is that you want something that's a spectator sport. None of this, none of that stuff works unless you have lots and lots of people, whether they play the game or not, that are interested in watching it. And generally speaking, a game that is easy to view, even if you don't play the game, is going to be much more serving of that goal than one that's you know more inscrutable, right? Yeah, I think the I think the esports entertainment uh, argument, like the like the pro wrestling versus say I don't know. Uh, pro hockey or whatever ice hockey mm-hmm. is uh you know the team sport versus the individual sport right and with with street fighter as opposed to you know league or or whatever is uh you've got individuals and in order to sell yourself not only do you have to be good at the game but you need to be an entertainer right um was that kind of what you were getting at kevin yeah because yeah daigo is the best point best player street fighter player and then yeah you have all these evo champions but the biggest exposure on i guess u.s national tv was k brad who did us who reenacted like stone cold's like um persona and did a stone cold stunner to the announcer <laughs> and that that went viral yeah see that's the stuff you don't see on on like the league championship series at all the, these guys are very reserved. They're very, going for super professionalism. Right, right. And it's not that Daigo is not a professional, right? Or not Daigo, but like any of these street, any of these like top tier Street Fighter players aren't professionals. They're just a different type of professional. And, and I think that nobody really knows how to utilize this in favor of, uh, you know, you know and to, to garnish an audience other than the players themselves. And and the structure that allows them to, you know, do a Stone Cold Stunner on an announcer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, right, right. Now, see, so now it kind of brings up an interesting idea. Because I suppose then that if you're the fighting game scene, right, uh, the best way to kind of stand out is not to necessarily chase the vision that League, for example, kind of has going uh, but rather to kind of carve out a, a really interesting niche of their own. Uh, That's kind of what they've been doing. They've been keeping it very grassroots. Right. And I'm pretty sure organizers would like to keep it grassroots because, you know, um, if they got to make it more professional, then, you know, it kind of kills, I guess, the soul of the community, some would say. Which yeah. is the argument that I was making. I mean, remember, Sex, we had this argument some time ago. Uh, that to a certain degree, that was what I, I've been concerned about as we, as all the various gaming scenes have been talking about how do we take this to the next level? I'm like, well, you know, it's fine to go to the next level, but especially when you're chasing kind of the, the pro sports ESPN ish model, uh, are we going to be losing some, are we going to be losing the uniqueness uh, of the various gaming cultures in the process. Well, uh, here's uh, again. I have to I have to make the comparison to actual sports, right? Sure. And 
you know, you 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 take you take pro wrestling and you get rid of all the showmanship and you you essentially have golf, right? Where you're just simply rooting for who the best person is and nobody has a favorite because nobody has a personality, right? There are all these like old guys with like a great uh, core strength and that's it. And like it's boring. It's it's so boring to to watch. And but what gets covered on ESPN? Golf. Nobody. There's never been a wrestling highlight on SportsCenter ever. So I think that changed. They. I have. I have. I have not seen a pro wrestling highlight on like mainstream uh, sports media coverage. I don't think like ever, unless one of them is in court for something. That's which, it. which which happens sure. I mean it happens often enough but yeah like and I, and I'm saying like okay do you do you think that if you allow it to be grassroots and this question mm-hmm. is for Kevin if you allow it to become grassroots can it exist in this world very much the way pro wrestling does and I know you're you're also a big pro wrestling fan um, can it exist in this world where it's very very popular and somehow exists outside of the realm of, you know, the the mainstream esports world. You know, where you'll go on ESPN and you'll see all this stuff about league and all the, you know, maybe uh, any of these other types of games like that that stress professionalism in our team sports. And I would, ha- and I would then, have to say yes. Yeah, because like. Last year, during EVO, during Guilty Gear, like, I think it was semifinals, I'm pretty sure ESPN showed a highlight of that semifinals where the guy won won the round, got up, and thought he won the entire set. Oh, just I remember that. Himself, just to run back and see himself get perfected. Ah, uh, yes, that's right, that's right. That. Yeah, the ESPN did show that. That's right, they did. So, there is, there is coverage, and I think it's still going to be popular because every subculture has its popularity. You can't tell me that you play video games and you haven't, you haven't heard of Evo Moment 37. Right. Like, if you played video games at all. Like, yeah, everybody's you know, like, heard of it. Yeah. So, I would say it's always going to have that lasting effect or popularity mm-hmm. by itself, even if it doesn't go towards esports. Right. I mean, I mean, Street Fighter's been out for forever. And I mean, it was it was esports before esports. I mean, you played you went to you went to arcades and that was like that was like the the, like proto esports. Right. That was like caveman esports. Yeah. In Japan, there used to be Super Battle Opera. And every time people came out, there were fireworks. Wow. Damn. So this is this is kind of a big deal. Right. And it's still a big deal in Japan. It's just, it, 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 you know, it has to, it has to modernize. And I think that, you know, the, the characters that the fighting game community produces, you know, all the guys that play, uh, you know, that play the, like the anime fighters are, are like notoriously flamboyant and the guys that play Marvel, you know, at least at one point were notoriously flamboyant, like yipes and everybody. Right. So, you know, you, but I, I can't, I can't, I, I don't think I've ever seen a league player, uh, do anything like that, right? And I don't know if we'll, we ever will, given the direction that the League Championship Series is going. And it's working great for them, obviously. But sure. 
will this format work for Street Fighter uh, and other fighting games? I don't really see it happening. I see. I, I think the. I think Kevin's right on track with the. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, you, you'll see the occasional highlight on ESPN or whatever, but you'll get. Uh, you know, it's going to have to go like the the WWE route, where it's immensely popular, but it's sort of a list. It, it exists in this parallel universe with pro sports, where it's just as popular as, and it's going to sell out Madison Square Garden and all this other stuff and all these big arenas. But it's it may not be seen with the same quote unquote legitimacy, right? Like not even not even that it's illegitimate. It's just that. Um, it, it, it exists. It exists alongside, but not within. Like the the Venn diagrams, like just touch on the edges. Like it is a, it is a sport in the in like the very essence of of the definition. But the people who are involved in it and the people who follow it uh, do are. It, it's beyond. It's beyond a niche because it's so big that it can rival something like league. But uh, you know, the, and then. In the same, uh, you know, in the same vein, because it because it is separate, it's followed with so much fervor, and the people who are involved in it can act out so gregariously and so, uh, you know, ridiculously, and that they can go up to an announcer and give them a stone cold stunner is like, you know, it, you're right. That's that is what is what gives it its character and what makes it amazing and what gives it the. Um, you know the the, the the subtitle of entertain of entertainment and not just esports. So all that is true, and I think you are right on track. And actually, I think it may be very interesting to see how this develops because, in a sense, you can think of the fighting game world as being able to kind of one up the WWE in one respect. Because it can have all the crazy antics and characters and storylines that the WWE is known for at its best. Mm -hmm. But also having the actual core activity be a a deadly serious thing. Right? Right. So, you know, obviously in WWE, that stuff is a show, right? But with fighting games, you're going to get the same deadly serious play that you would get out of league or whatever, mm-hmm. but you'll get the side, the side benefit of all the wild antics and the storylines and the subcultural and my favorite thing, all the slang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the fighting game community by itself generates half of the <laughs> gaming world at largest slang, right? Yeah, definitely. So you know, I, I think that's a. Now, the, the next thing I wanted to kind of bring up is here is seemingly uh, making a big push for new blood, right? Because a part of the way you maintain the, the kind of growth that they probably want to see is by getting as many people as possible to play the game. So I, I, I'm wondering what we think... I mean, it's very early on, so who knows how it's going to actually play out. But any initial thoughts on how this may work out for Capcom? Like, do we think they have a shot at actually bringing in fresh blood to this game in the kind of numbers that will uh, boost Street Fighter to greater heights? Well, 
to say say like Street Fighter Two Third Strike, they had like their they brought a new audience, but it was kind of fractured since it was Third Strike wasn't exactly traditional Street Fighter. Hmm. Like Street Fighter Four, it that was like the biggest growth because it brought back everybody from like the old times, and then you also have like the new new school guys like right. Smug and um, Knuckle Dude. And then I guess Marvel, Marvel three, you got like that eleven year old back way back when I forgot his name. I think it was Noah, and then he was just you know bodying people with Hulk mashing you know armor attacks and stuff. So there's always going to be growth. I'm not sure uh, if it'll experience the same growth as four because four kind of catered to the nostalgia and you know higher level play, right? While five is more about chasing the you know pro player dream. That's right. how I feel like how they're, they've been marketing the game. Yeah, it seems like they've been really pushing, saying, well, the, the reason I bring this up in the first place is to say that, you know, they seem to be pushing this narrative now, like, oh, we made this game, uh, don't be afraid of this game, come through and play, because you too could be, who knows if you could be the next Daigo, right? right. Uh, so I'm, I'm wondering... Basically, do we feel like there is uh, any reason, based on how the game actually is, first and foremost, and you know just how the situation around the game is to support that being reality? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, some people would say it's almost a reality already because um, Lupe Fiasco, the rapper, he beat Daigo, right? Yeah. Well, we're gonna bring that up. I was gonna bring that up a little later, but yeah, <laughs> that was a. Uh, that was an interesting moment. Yeah, that was the, the a, a, a Daigo exhibition, right? Yeah, the exhibition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, I don't know, like, Sax, what, what, what are you thinking here? What are you thinking here? Like, uh, I mean, I think it's more. I think it's more inclusive than ever, right? I mean, you can play. You cannot with just 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 the fact that it exists solely online. And one of the one of the biggest thing the, the the biggest thing that's new for the series now is that there are no planned arcade cabinets, right? Which is kind of wild by the way. It's kind of wild, so- but it it makes sense. Like where would these arcade how would like how would these arcade cabinets exist? They made arcade cabinets for 4, but all the tournaments, even the big ones were were played on console, on console. just just next to each other, right? So, you know, it's, it's just, everybody has the internet. Everybody who's, who plays video games has Steam or a PlayStation 4 most likely, right? Right. Uh, the game is, from, from what I can tell, it's, uh, you know, it, they've, they've done a pretty good job of making it, um, you know, sort of like, uh, easy to get into, but difficult to master. Like it's, it's always kind of been like that, but I, I think this is, I think this is the easiest one for you to, you know, if you just have a pad to start playing. And then if you think that, you know, you, you, you land your first sure you can, and you're like, Oh shit, man, this is like kind of hot, like kind of like this. And then you can get a stick later. But I, I think that, I think that, yeah, that's definitely the, that's definitely what they're, they're going for it's like the pro it's like the pro guy's dream they don't have to you don't have to go anywhere anymore you don't have to go anywhere that's the best like you go you go to places for tournaments and that's it but you can get all of your real life practice done from the comfort of your own home 
And, you know, some people are going to, you know, they're going to be the purists who say that, you know, you, you can't, you can't really hone your skills over the internet. And there's some truth to that, but the barrier for entry is, is the lowest it's, is the lowest, is the lowest that it has ever been. And at the same time, the exposure is the highest it's ever been. So whatever people think about five and whatever people think about Capcom and whatever people think about the issues at launch, the game is going to be successful. And, and I, and I think that, uh, you know, given all of these different parts and truths about life in 2016, uh, you know, they're going to see, they're going to see a huge, uh, influx and you're going to see a lot of new faces at, at Evo and at the, uh, the pro tour. You know, this is interesting from my point of view, right? I basically agree with what both of you are saying, right? Because even just like today, I was looking through the Twitter feed, right? And the various gaming personalities I followed, most of whom never talk about fighting games, and people are buzzing about Street Fighter Five. Yes, granted, a good portion of that is, you know, pissing and moaning about the servers. Yeah. But the fact that there's even interest is, in itself, I think, a pretty good sign. Now, of course, this comes with a pretty massive grain of salt of first-week hype, right? Yeah. You know? The, the big question for me, and even bigger question for Capcom and Sony, is can they keep this train rolling? You know, how how do you keep people actively engaged? And what Ken was saying really had me thinking. The idea that this game is at least in part ground up engineered, like the actual moment to moment play is actually engineered, favoring online. Because that's, I don't think we've seen that yet. Like a game that has been engineered, a fighting game anyway, that has been engineered so that online play is first and foremost. A fighting game, no. I mean, even uh, even Tekken 7 uh, was like an arcade first game. Which, right. which is, I mean, there's only one place on Earth where that can still be a reality, and that's Japan. Of course. Um, so yeah, you're, you're right. This is, it's, it's an, it's an online first and an online forward game. And I, and I think that, I mean, that's, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be so instrumental for their like foray into esports uh, and the esports world, whether they want to exist in it in the traditional sense or just sort of, uh, broaden their scope a little bit and broaden their audience. That's, that's how it has to be. In the United States. I just want to throw in two yeah. cents. Um, modern day arcade cabinets do have network connection, so they are connected online. That's why um, you're able to see, like, you know, uh, player tags, win loss records, and they do, you can play against people in different arcades because it's connected to the internet. Um, I'm pretty sure Tekken 7 has the same thing because Green Arcade, that's their main Tekken, you know, haven. Yeah. Uh, Pretty sure they can play with people in other arcades as well. So I would say five is the first, um, uh, first fighting game to be heavily online oriented. Also, Blast Blue and like other Arc System Work games, they're all they're all on Nesica, which is um, I guess the Japanese online arcade system. 
Mm-hmm. So I would say the first, like, Street Fighter Five would be the first, like, uh, big exposed fighting to, I guess, utilize it. But there's been other games that have been proven to uh, work in an online setting. Sure. Oh, I was thinking about Blazable 2 because, you know, that game has a very unique style of its own. But are you, because what I'm saying is like the actual moment to moment gameplay. So you're saying you believe that Blazable's moment to moment gameplay is built favoring online play? Uh, I would have to say so because, yeah, the more difficult combos are, you know, uh, one frame, like dash cancels or whatever. But even getting like a bread and butter that does decent damage just to actually do like an actual combo you can do it with relative ease magic series or whatever yeah even like canceling in a super or whatever it's pretty easy there's like a large window that's true though hasn't that kind of been how arc system works games uh i mean guilty gear is pretty technically ridiculous but even that had certain things that you were able to do uh, without bashing your head against the wall, right? Yeah, uh, the latest um, iteration, Exert, uh, they basically slowed the game speed a little bit. It's still pretty fast, but like you can tell like you can't just... There's no like crazy, ridiculous, fast um, fast moves or fast like situations. There's still fast situations, but it's just not like uh, accent core where you have like one frame to react right 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 you see that's what I'm talking about like Guilty Gear is definitely at least from what I can tell not something that is a online first kind of game because at the level that people want to see it at it's going to have very very precise technical combos involved you know um, but yeah I, I it seems what you're saying would be right that uh, where Street Fighter Five would definitely be the, the biggest kahuna out there right now for pushing online play as a, a central focus of the game, even more so than local play, which still in my mind kind of sounds like heresy, but makes perfect logical sense for all the reasons that you know were just laid out. You know, this it's 2016. The reality of the situation is that most people will get whatever practice they're going to get in this game. It'll probably be like 70-30 at best online versus in person. Yeah, and and I wanted to I wanted to bring that up next. Actually, uh, Kevin, you've already been to uh, one session, just a casual like tryout session, and you're you're going to one uh, this weekend, I think. Also, um, what's the what's the in person seen like is it too early to tell uh I, I know that one of the things that you like the best about a new fighting game coming out is that everybody sucks because nobody knows you know anything other than like just regular fundamentals of fighting games but what's uh what's it like out there out in the wild um it's pretty mixed uh some people like it some people are playing it because it's the new game um some since those people like those people that play only because it's a new game they don't necessarily like it but they'll also try to like play the game in a way that kind of dissuades people from wanting to play so that type that type of you know attitude is kind of like counterproductive in my opinion yeah it's toxic 
Yeah. But um, I would say, like, overall, like, everyone's pretty hyped about it. Then again, once again, it's the first week. Um, right. Saturday, there's going to be a 16-man invitational uh, in Long Island, hosted by Long Island Joe, who's a pretty prominent um, fighting game player. Yep. You've probably seen him in, like, documentaries and stuff. I got my ass he's, whipped by him. He's, pro- he's usually, like, the bald guy that stands out with a pink book bag, book bag that's hella hype. <laughs> so he's going to be inviting um, 16 of the best New York players. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Overall, it's everyone's pretty hype about it. Where are we going to um, be able to watch yeah. that? Is that going to be streamed on Twitch? Yes, it's probably going to be streamed on Twitch. I'm not sure if it's going to be under his Twitch handle. It might be uh, twitch.tv slash this is Ally Joe. Mm-hmm. Or he, they might change it last minute. I'm not really sure. Okay. Interesting. See, one thing that's interesting is how, how quickly people already hit the ground, you know, trying to, uh, you know, duke out a position in the pecking order. Oh, you know what? You know all these guys had this planned from, like, the moment the release date was announced. Well, of course. Of course. Yeah. Probably well before that, for that matter. Yeah. Because uh, people were already trying to compete just in the beta. So that part is uh, endlessly entertaining to me, but uh, I just find it interesting um, to see how quickly things start to shake out, you know? Uh, The other thing I wanted to bring up is what Kevin mentioned earlier, uh, the Lupe versus Daigo super, super hype exhibition of justice. The fiasco. Yes, the fiasco. It has actually become somewhat of a fiasco online. Yeah, well, so, you guys watched it. I was uh, I was asleep because you know I had work early the next day. But the next morning, I was like, "Oh my god!" Did like I, it, it felt like the whole fighting game community was was talking about it. So, oh, absolutely. So, run run through what happened, and then I want to hear your guys' opinion on it. I'll let Kevin tell it. <laughs> um, well, there was a stick mixed, uh, an arcade stick mishap for Lupe early on, so they had to switch that out. Uh, it was pretty, I would say it was going pretty even at first. Obviously, Daigo, you know, he's still relatively new to the game, but, you know, um, he likes to use, toy around and see, like, people's habits the first few met matches or rounds so you know people play with their food but uh Lupe I think he played against Takamo Fiend before the, before he played Daigo he lost like 12 straight Takamo Fiend who was like the advisor for the game yeah, but uh I guess he got sort of warmed up um all in all like Daigo put on a show I wouldn't say it was necessarily staged or it was planned um Daigo lost pretty, not convincingly, but like the last exchange. Basically, Daigo tried to anti-air Lupe Fiasco's jump in. And he pressed the wrong button. He he did, uh, I think, hard punch, which had no invincibility. So it's pretty bad as anti-air. So uh, Lupe Fiasco like stuffed his shoryuken. And that's how Lupe won. And at the end... Both players were pretty confused, and they just yeah, they froze. didn't even realize. <laughs> and 
and then Daigo like motioned towards uh Markman, like he put it he put put up five fingers first and then he he switched to three because I guess uh Markman told him like it's three. And then Lupe looked at Markman and Daigo, like two and then three. So I guess that's when Lupe realized like he won the set. And spazzed out. Yeah, and he spazzed out. <laughs> he he went he popped off, he bicycle kicked Mike Ross multiple times. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So and, yeah, Mike Ross was livid. <laughs> but uh yeah, I think sport about it, but yeah, he, his face during that moment was not pleased. I think the exhibition did its job. You know, it was entertaining. Um, super entertaining. It's super entertaining. Uh, it showed that, like, you know, it's not the the barrier. The barrier isn't that high because it's more. The game's more about decision making rather than you know technical technical. Um, ability, even though technical ability can still, you know, carry you to a certain extent. Right. So I want to ask, I want to ask you, um, are we going to see, you know, in keeping with the analogy with, uh, with pro wrestling, are we going to see more exhibitions like this, you know, maybe between two really well-known pros, um, just sort of just sort of for pure entertainment value and maybe like maybe like a little bit of bragging rights um you know outside of the the tournament cycle i mean we see stuff like that stuff like that like fairly frequently but we don't see like the you know like the like the heavyweight boxing style like you know everybody get you know two guys get sized up and then it's hyped up for a couple of weeks maybe a month or two and then and then they go at it and everybody in the fighting game community stops what they're doing and watches it and it's and then it's over and then you know they talk about it the next morning you know like uh like the mayweather pacquiao fight or whatever like you just get two you just get two people who are you know maybe veterans maybe they're just like pretty well known and you you get them out there and you make them do an exhibition and and uh do you think that's going to be like a like a facet of uh the street fighter and like maybe the fighting game community at large going forward or was this just like a one-off publicity stunt type thing there, there's always been exhibitions in every major. Um, the only one I remember that I took part in, like, you know, been a part of, was um, Ray, it was for Marvel 3, Ray Ravers Fanatic, who was like a big East Coast versus West Coast thing. Yep. And pe- people were like, um, you know, there was this general buzz. And then on Mike Ross's show, since Mike Ross is in West Coast, like Fanatic appeared on it, so they were hyping it up as well. Uh, East Coast, it was just like they were hyping Ray Ray up from the local tournaments. So there's always going to be um, exhibitions. Uh, I guess most recently for uh, – I'm not sure most recently, but like I, I just remember that there was like a big like smug exhibition against some West Coast players. Smug's uh, one of the best um, New York players. Yep. Lance Dudley. He's been doing real – relatively well or pretty well and um i think two years ago he fought against like ricky or whatever ricky ortiz mm-hmm. who's i guess the first transgender um fighting game player and huh. you know there's there's always gonna be exhibitions it's always gonna be you know the top the cream of the crop playing each other <laughs> at a non-tournament setting there's always gonna be money matches because you know 
I guess some people need stakes to play. So I right. think it's here to stay. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's always existed, but again, it's 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 always followed this like grassroots pattern where like you know people are people are like, oh, when I see this dude at this tournament, you know, I got body. yeah, there's there's you know, shit is gonna go down. But right. I, I, this seemed like a uh, that like Cap- it was an event. Yeah, like Capcom kind of had a hand in it, and you know they 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 know what they have here. And they're 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 coming to the same realization that you know um, that like Blizzard and Nintendo are coming to, where they're like, oh, okay, w- this this is not just like a thing that the people who play our games do sometimes. This is an actual. Uh, business and culture, right? So, do you think that do you think that Capcom is going to be staging these? You know, d- just sort of like you know playing the playing the, like the Vince McMahon role and saying like, oh, <laughs> you know, you uh, you are gonna like fabricate some beef with you, or you know, you are gonna do like a you know like a like a fake like a King of the East Coast belt or whatever and like for for who gets to actually claim best player on the east coast and have it be totally for exhibition totally for fun but you know hype it into an actual publicity event do you think that's um, going to happen or do you think that no it's not going to happen <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be really grassroots for now maybe like further down the line in the future mm-hmm. it might be a little bit more professional but right now like Capcom's already like allowing grassroots major tournaments to have you know to allocate um, player points. Like the top eight players will get like a certain amount of Capcom points towards the Pro Tour to participate in the Pro Tour. Right. So since they're already like giving you know the grassroots organizers that much of a privilege, I'm, I guess they kind of have a hand in you know setting up these exhibitions. Mm-hmm. But in in terms of like media like large larger media exposure um that might have to take a little while well i'm going to chime in here to say that regardless of whether or not they do or they do not i think they absolutely should uh and on top of that i think the format laid down with this whole lupe daigo thing is excellent and should be replicated in some fashion uh where you guys are talking about the whole one pro player versus another is all well and good. And yeah, they, I would definitely, if I had, you know, the power was, if I was one of the powers that be, I would definitely be pushing to publicize those kind of things more broadly. But what I think that this particular event did is that it was something very, very unique, right? So if you're talking about like the Ray Ray versus Fnatic thing, that's cool, but it only really has relevance if you already follow the scene. When you yeah. see Lupe versus Daigo, that's established rapper who has nothing to do with video games versus the best of the best. At, you know, everybody knows, regardless of whether they follow Street Fighter or not, Daigo is the it man, right? So that was a killer matchup to have because everybody was watching, basically expecting Lupe to get his ass handed to him. I was watching to see that. Sorry, Lupe. <laughs> and it was only made the better for it that uh, he was able to hold his own. Uh, now, of course, you have the people, the conspiracy theorists, you know, are, are running amok right yeah, now. The highlight but even, <laughs> Exactly, yeah. But uh, 
But even that is good for Capcom because that's more buzz around the game, right? Any publicity is good publicity type of thing. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think the thing that Capcom should look at is, or hell, independently of Capcom, because this thing was actually put together, at least in his telling, by Markman. He said yeah, he, Mad Cat. Yeah, he just he said he just saw Lupe and somebody having an exchange about Eva on Twitter, and he was like, "Let me let me just throw the feeler out there," and Lupe bit. So, whoever does it, somebody should definitely arrange another kind of mismatched worlds uh, gathering like this one. And I definitely like the hip hop angle, by the way, because the, oh, you've the, been saying this for the, a long time. Yeah, the sync up with the fighting game community is so brazenly apparent. Yeah, you might as well go all in. Yeah, there's something about the about the about rappers and uh, fighting games that it has always just existed. It's a because it's such a natural transition. Think about it. Fighting games are a one-on-one, super in-your-face, unambiguous. You got bodied. I'm better than you. Good night. You know, that kind of whole braggadocious competitive culture. It, it plays right into it. Not to mention that, you, as you would hear Lupe talk about when they did the interview with him on the stream, uh, it was already a part of pretty much everybody's childhood. And especially if you're growing up in an urban area, what urban area didn't have a Street Fighter II machine back in the day? Mm-hmm. At least, like, one. Probably most people knew where at least three were, right? Yep. So everybody in hip-hop absolutely has experience whether or not they decide to take it to a serious level or not. Yeah. Uh, and given that, you know, the natural link-up with the, the fighting game community as it exists right now, which from my 30,000-foot uh, view uh, is one of the most diverse professional gaming groups of the whole set, if not the. Yeah. So why not? You know what I mean? This is a natural progression. I think, and again, this all uh, leads to my argument why the fighting game community is the natural one to take up the prominent position of uh, broadcasting esports potential to a wider audience. It's easy for people who are not invested to see and, and understand. It has a very unique style and flavor all its own, and it hits pretty much all the marks of inclusivity from the people that are in it to the hardware that is needed to play. Don't forget that. I mean, you don't need a beefy PC to run league, but you do need a PC, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so, but pretty much anybody who plays games has a console. So I really think I want to see more things like this that, uh, play these natural advantages. I don't know what you guys think of that. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think so. What do you think, Kevin? Well, Kenny Omega, um, he he's a pro wrestler from Japan. Pretty sure people have seen him on viral um, internet videos where he wrestled a nine-year-old girl. Uh, he's actually going to be in um, CEO. Uh, I think it's called Community Effort Orlando, which is a tournament in um, Florida. That's the one where they have the, they actually have a wrestling ring, right? Yeah, that's when um, K. Brad did a Stone Cold Stunner. <laughs> so nice. nice. It's not necessarily Capcom's bidding, but there's obviously 
you know, celebrities or, you know, what have you that are interested in, you know, participating in said events. Yeah. And I think, I think that is the kind of thing that, um, is a natural fit and all the more so because as uh, Kevin and I talk about a good bit, uh, WWE is on a pretty big upswing at the moment. Oh yeah. Right? Had a massive resurgence in the last two, three years. Uh, so why not play on, play on all these advantages to me? It's, it still kind of boggles my mind that league is the most popular thing out there. I mean, I guess it makes sense in that you have all these people in various nations outside the U S where every, everybody has good, uh, PC access and all that. But it's, it's still kind of funny to me that something as easy and as universally known as fighting games is not yet at that level. I mean, I, I still think that the, the, the pro wrestling versus pro sports analogy makes the most sense to me anyway. But, um, but yeah, as, uh, anybody, uh, anybody have anything else to add before we, uh, before we sign yeah. off? No, I think we, I think we, I think we hit the, the bases pretty hard on this one, but Kevin, uh, it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, basically if you like the game, just, you know, buy it, play it. Most, most important part is just play it. You don't have to go to a tournaments or whatever. Just play it and, you know, buy the content if you, if you really like the game. And, um, yeah, Street Fighter Five. once they start promoting the online tournaments, like maybe you can, you know. Jump right in and see how you do. Yep, and like we said, uh, you 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 can nowadays, at least at least as recently as Street Fighter Four, just play and not, you know, you know, worry about having to show up in person and getting humiliated. You can do it. You can get humiliated from the safety of your own room, which is, I think, I think just makes the barriers so much lower. So so play the game. Um, you know, look out for. You know, for some online tournaments, look out for uh, look out for the, the the Long Island tournaments if you're in the New York area. Uh, you can check out our our buddy Kevin's stream on Twitch, uh, NY Dingus D I N G U S. And uh, thanks for a plug. Just a little, just a little Twitch plug, just a little Twitch plug, and uh, and yeah, that's it. Kevin, thanks for so coming next. on the pod. And uh, pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And we will uh, see you guys next week. Peace. Later.